guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. to this guy for wisdom. Text message from uh, an old pastor of mine back in Texas from when I was a child. And I got to say, you know, even I, Drew Allen, the millennial minister of truth, um, need a dose of, of optimism myself to, to lead the charge of optimism uh, in America. You know, and he said to me, you know, good morning, my friend. We've had a, a, a good few weeks. It's premature to say the tide is turning, but we've broken down some strong gates and pummeled some idols. But now is not the time to rest. It's the time to move forward and continue the assault on those dastardly forces that seek to do us harm. Carry on, my friend. Be strong. And, you know, I just lead with that because, look, I mean, I, I, I was in a little bit of a malaise coming into today's show. And it's just because I, I, I love America, right? Uh, I, I'm a conservative. My loyalty is to this country and my family and to ensuring that this greatest nation in the history of mankind, and it truly is, um, doesn't just exist, uh, but, but proliferates, becomes even greater, you know, uh, in the course of my lifetime. And I really, I really am just frustrated with not just the Democratic Party, but Americans out there, you know, our, our brothers and sisters who who just, you know, I, I don't know how to say this in a polite way. I mean, they are the most foolish, stupidest, indoctrinated, amoral individuals uh, in, in human history, to be honest, because if you look at what's happening around the world right now, you've got the Chinese citizens who are standing up to a dictator who can open fire on them at a moment's notice, and there's nothing they can do. You've had Iranians protesting in the streets for their freedom. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Venezuela, Venezuelans, longing for freedom, living under the dictatorship of Maduro. These people live in tyrannical regimes, and they have the courage to stand up. They are fighting, and they want someone to support them, even if it's just morally, like I, I am saying happened to me this morning with a text message. You know, these types of things and signals mean something. And, you know, America's, you know, beacon, if you will, you know, the shining city on a hill, I mean, it is dim. It is dim. It's still lit, but it is very dim. And instead of encouraging these oppressed slaves in these countries around the world who would love to trade places with us in America, well, our leaders are silent. They offer them no encouragement. And that's what's going. Biden is silent on the China protests. You haven't heard a word. As a matter of fact, uh, John Kirby in the Biden administration was asked, you know, uh, to, to weigh in on what's happening in China right now. And, um, you know, go ahead and, and get cut one ready. I want to hear, want you to hear what John Kirby had to say. Now, the only time you hear Democrats chime in and condemn anything is when it's freedom-loving individuals uh, protesting, right? So when, when in Canada, when you had the Freedom Caravan build, peaceful protesters in the streets, 
protesting against the very thing that Xi is doing to his citizens there. Well, you had our entire media establishment, you had Joe Biden, the administration, condemn the protesters, peaceful protesters. And you look, I mean, we've got him opening up oil, you know, for Chevron to drill again in Venezuela, but not here at home. I I just, really, we have a moral crisis in America. And and look, I try not to get weighed down in the minutia of things. I mean, every day there's distractions. That's not to say that we don't need to address some of them. But at the end of the day, the, the fundamental problem I see in America is that too many Americans are are shy, they're fearful. Um you know, they 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 allow their principle to take a back seat because of what the media is saying. And this is the thing, you know, the Democrat voter is downstream from the Democrat party, right? The Democrat voter doesn't have any principles. Their principles are that which the Democratic party dictates to them. That's why they can be uh for safe, legal and rare abortion uh one day and the next therefore taxpayer-funded, late-term, encouraged abortions in America. The Democrat voter doesn't have principle. They just adopt what the Democrat Party's latest position is because they are in a cult, and they don't realize it. We conservatives, on the other hand, we push back and try to shape the Republican Party into a pro-American party to hold them accountable. You see, my values... Your values, our values are not downstream from the Republican Party. They don't change. That's principle. And we've got to focus on standing up for principle. It doesn't matter what the media does to to try and convince you that that, that an issue is no longer popular. You know, morality and truth, pragmatism, reality, those things should not be subject to the whims of popularity. The Constitution is not subject to the whims of an emotional populace who's being misguided, misled to the bastardization of that document by the left. But what do you have? You have Joe Biden. You know, he wants to ban assault rifles. Except we don't have assault rifles. We have semi-automatic weapons in this country. But, you know, Democrats in this country buy into this lie. And he doesn't have the authority to do it. I mean, we are so far beyond the Constitution already today. I mean, it's it's shocking. And it just gets worse by the day. It does. But anyway, so, you know, I don't know if you, well, many of you probably do. But what happened in China, remember, Biden was just in China. He just met with Xi. And it's so clear and so obvious, not just from the Hunter Biden emails, but from behavior, the China, the, the Joe Biden is beholden to the communist Chinese. No doubt about it. I mean, what more evidence do you need to see? He won't come out against Xi. He won't say anything bad against Xi. Every time he talks about Xi, he talks about what a great relationship they have, how he's met with him more times than anybody else. So Xi slaughtered his own citizens. That, that, that's really what happened here. And that's what gave birth to this, these protests in the streets. He has a zero COVID policy that he's implemented time and time again. And 10 people, last count that I saw, burned to death. Burned to death in an apartment complex that caught fire. They burned alive, were burned alive because they weren't allowed to leave their apartments. But, you know, I mean, what, 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 
you know, Xi and, and, and Joe Biden are certainly kindred spirits. You know, <clears throat> it wasn't that long ago that Joe Biden, um, sent a drone to assassinate a dozen innocent Afghan civilians, including, I think, eight children in a retaliation strike, he said, for the murder of 13 American service members at the Kabul airport during his botched withdrawal, and he tried to cover it up. So Xi's a mass murderer. Biden's a mass murderer. Both are sociopaths. And the Democrats admire Xi, admire Maduro. And that's the lesson here. The Democratic Party is a totalitarian party. They admire dictators, and they wish they had the power that those dictators have abroad here at home. And that's what they're fighting for. That's what they're fighting for. So go ahead and play cut one. This is Kirby again. This, he's asked about uh, you know, uh, Biden's thoughts, his thoughts on what's happening in China right now. Go. I'm wondering, what is the president's reaction when he hears protesters in China chant freedom or Xi Jinping step down? president's not going to speak for protesters around the world. They're speaking for themselves. So there's no reaction? These protesters are speaking for themselves. What we are doing is making it clear that we support the right of peaceful protest. Well, there you have it. There you have it. You know, we're not going to weigh in on this. Of course not. Why would he? And how could they? Because, you know, zero COVID was the policy that the Democratic Party wanted to and tried to implement in a little bit more feeble way because we're still America and we would have rejected it. We would have taken to the streets. I hope, although I question that sometimes. And I want to make another point here because it's top of mind before I forget and lose it. You know, you've got all these citizens around the world displaying courage, protesting against these dictatorships. And here at home, we have American citizens who are advocating for tyranny here at home. And this is why I say it's so sad. It's so sad that these people, they hate America. They have no comprehension of what they have. And this is why the Democratic Party must be defeated, must be eliminated as a political force in America. They are not fit to lead this nation anywhere. A, a political party which hates America, whose policies are not only responsible for, but directed towards openly. They advocate for the destruction of America. That party cannot lead America anywhere except into the ash heap. You know, history. You know, we can just join the other failed authoritarian nations throughout world history. And I want to go ahead and pull up a, a photo one, Captain. This is the New York Times. Uh, this is what they had said previously about China's zero COVID policy, right? I think this is back in uh, 2020 or 2021. Um, the headline is power, patriotism, and 1.4 billion people. How China beat the virus and roared back. And um, that's exactly what... Uh, Joe Biden said about us locking down and surrendering our liberty. All right, pull it down, Captain. Surrendering our liberty. Right? He called us unpatriotic. Those of us who spoke the truth, who said all the things that now the left has come around to occasionally admitting, 
Well, we were deemed unpatriotic. So, you know, for the New York Times, dictatorship is, a, is the equivalent of a, of a patriotic regime. A patriotic regime. And I'll, I'll read you. So this, it was from April 2021. This is what the New York Times wrote in that article. In the year since the coronavirus began its march around the world, China has done what many other countries would not or could not do. With equal measures of coercion and persuasion, it has mobilized its vast Communist Party apparatus to reach deep into the private sector and the broader population and what the country's leader Xi Jinping has called a people's war against the pandemic. And one. And one. That's right. They are praising communism. Praising Xi Jinping. They won against COVID, except not so much now, right? So I just want to read a few more pull quotes. Beijing's successes in each dimension of the pandemic, medical, diplomatic, and economic, have reinforced its conviction that an authoritarian capacity to quickly mobilize people and resources gave China a decisive edge that other major powers like the United States lacked. It is an approach that emphasizes a relentless drive for results and relies on an acquiescent public. So there you have it. There you have it. The New York Times, the Holocaust-denying New York Times, they love China. They praise China because of the benefits of communism in overcoming COVID, which was all a scam. Um, so I don't want to hear any Democrat come out and express faux outrage at anything that's happening in China because they love China. They love China. And, you know, there's a, there's a big story making the rounds right now, and, and this is actually not the first time it's come out. Um, you know, there's, there were emails that were attained through a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act request. This was last year. I, I remember talking about it on this very show. But um, Fauci had an email exchange back in February of 2020. And uh, it was with a, a Obama staffer, Sylvia Burwell. She was the Health and Human Services Secretary under the Obama administration. Well, she was traveling on, uh, she was going to, to be traveling. And on February 4th, she sent Fauci an email. And she, she asked, you know, Fauci, Mr. Science himself, hey, uh, is it necessary to wear a mask? My God, not, not like my God, like, you know, Fauci is her God, like he is for the Democratic Party. God Fauci, should I wear a mask as I travel? And uh, go ahead and pull up photo two, Captain. So photo two, you know, if you're watching, uh, obviously you'll see it. I will read it to you for the listening audience. So this is Fauci's response a day later to Burwell, who asked if she should wear a mask. He, he says, uh, masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. All right, pull it down. So there you have it, right? So in private, Fauci, I mean, he has no reason to lie. 
You know, the, the big lie that he came out with later to justify his 180 degree term to demand that everyone wear a mask was that there was a shortage of masks. So he was just lying to us so that we didn't buy up all the masks. Well, this email proves that's a sham, that that was a lie in itself. He's not concerned with a shortage of masks. He's sitting here telling her what the science has always been. And to this day, Fauci cannot quote a single study that proves that masks work. And yet where I live in California, I'm sure where you are too, even if you're in a red state, you see the mind numb robots that are Democrats walking around proudly with their masks back on their faces. Unbelievable. People that love slavery, want to be slaves so badly, have such a disdain for freedom themselves that they cannot wait to virtue signal, show their chains, put themselves in in chains to show everyone around them how obedient they are. These people have nothing ideologically in common with our founding fathers or those brave men and women who built this country, put it on their backs, risked their lives, you know, to give us this inheritance. So here's Fauci on 60 Minutes. Get cut two ready. I just want you to hear Fauci because here he is on 60 Minutes also saying masks don't work. Go ahead and play cut two. Go. Now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better and it might even block a a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection. All right, well, there you go. There's Fauci. 60 minutes with, I don't know who he's on with. I don't really care. Some info babe or somebody, um, you know, telling us again that masks don't work. Now, look, Fauci loves the communist Chinese as well, by the way. Uh, Fauci was on with Andrea Mitchell. And get cut three ready, Captain. He was on with Andrea Mitchell, of course, in the past. We're just taking a walk down memory lane because, look, we cannot allow these people to get away with what they did to America. We need to have memories like elephants. Um, I, I I am sick and tired of so many Americans out there who just ignore all of this. I mean, I mean, they're just eager to be lied to and eager to follow the same people who lied to them in the past. So here he is with Andrea Mitchell expressing much the same as the New York Times, which, you know, just grovels at the feet of the communist Chinese. Loves them to death. All right, go ahead and play a cut three. Fauci, Andrew Mitchell. How concerning is the outbreak in China? We see the lockdown in Shanghai and the State Department now ordering families out, all non-essential workers out of Shanghai. Well, China has, has a number of problems, two of which are that their complete lockdown, which was their approach, a strictest lockdown that you'd never be able to implement in the United States, although that prevents the spread of infection. And remember, early on, they were saying, and I think accurately, that they were doing better than almost anybody else. But lockdown has its consequences. You use lockdowns to get people vaccinated so that when you open up, you won't have a surge of infections because you're dealing with an immunologically naive population to the virus. So Fauci doesn't really have any issue with the zero lockdown policy in communist China. Um, you know, he, he defends the fact that at one point they said they had, 
were dealing with it the best because of what they did. And his only problem was that they, they weren't able to force everyone to take the vaccines that he believed they should have been injected with. That's the only problem. Uh, a little technical conversation between me and Mr. Producer real quick. You're here live with me. You know, it's, it's like you're in the room. Hey, Captain, the, um, the, uh, the timer there. Just give me an idea of, of where we're at. Thank you. Otherwise, you know, this is really for, for, for your well-being as well, folks, because, uh, you know, the show could go for four hours and I would never know because I have so much fun talking to you. All right. Um, you know, so you, you, you've, you've got Joe Biden just totally ignoring, not saying a word about what G has done to his people, about the murders there and about the protests in the street. And now you've got Joe Biden, who will not allow drilling in the United States of America. And I don't want to hear the stupidity from the left telling me how 9,000 leases are out there for American drilling companies. You know, this is the problem with uh, Democrats. Uh, they, They cannot think. They're incapable of formulating a coherent thought of their own. Well, there's 9,000 leases. You know what these leases are like, by the way? You know, if I gave you, if I, if I sold you a plot of land and I said, look, I'm, I'm selling land to you, but then I don't permit you to build a house on the plot. What good is that lot that I just sold you? Now, these leases, they don't even know if there's any oil there in the first place, you get a lease so you can explore and there's an entire process to that. And then you have to get something called a permit, a permit to drill. So this talking point from the left, they use it because they know Democrats are very stupid people. They know that Democrats are very uninquisitive, that they're gullible. They don't ask any questions. That they're trained, you know, like Pavlov's dog. So the 9,000 lease thing, just when you hear that, just know it's a lie. A lie, and it's a lie intended to take advantage of the dumbest amongst us. But we are not dumb. We are the most enlightened individuals in America here. So I want you to cue up Cut 4, Captain. The reason I'm playing Cut 4 is because this is Joe Biden during the midterms. Uh, he was up trying to uh, campaign last minute for uh, Hutchell, Hochul, in New York, as the polls were showing that Lee Zeldin was closing in on her in terms of you know the lead cutting it. And so he had this to say about drilling. So I just want you to remember this. Democrats, Kirby, John Kirby, all these people are telling you, oh, no, 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 there's 9,000 leases out there, right? So, you know, Joe Biden does support drilling here at home. But here's Joe Biden just a few weeks ago. Cut for it, go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new, new drilling. No, I... Don't 
That was before I was president. We're trying to work on that, get that done. Thank you. Well, that's pretty clear, don't you think? Uh, No more drilling. No more. I mean, how many times can he say it? How many times can he say it? Oh, you know what? We're going to go out of order here, Captain. Get uh, get cut seven ready. You know, I love it when Democrats repeat the same words and same phrases multiple times. That's great, right? So you've got um, uh, Joe Biden there. There is no drilling, no drilling, no drilling. Now, I've got a question for you. Now, we're going to play a little game here on the Drew Allen Show. This is your millennial minister of truth and fun. <clears throat> now, all right, are you ready for this? N-O-B-L. E. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's the wrong spelling. Let's try it again. N-O-B-E-L. Okay, you got it? N-O-B-E-L. Now, in your minds, in your cars while you're driving, go ahead and say that word out loud for, for me, okay? See if, you can, see if you can figure out what that complicated word is. Now, remember, Barack Obama was awarded one of these N-O-B-E-L peace prizes and then became the only first president... Uh, to have a war taking place uh, every day of, of, of his two terms in office, right? So go ahead and, uh, and play cut seven, Captain. Today, President Biden met with three U.S. winners of the 2022 Nobel Prize, Dr. Caroline Bertozzi, who won the Nobel Prize in chemistry, Dr. John Clauser, who won the Nobel Prize in physics, and Dr. Douglas Diamond, who won the Nobel Prize in economic. Well, you know, I think my if my math is right, I think that was four times. Now, did you get it right? You know, I don't mean to make anybody feel bad if you, if you didn't say it right in your car. Uh, it, it's not the Nobel Prize. It's the Nobel Prize. And, you know, this is just so funny to me because the stress secretary, um, you know, these Democrats are supposed to be amongst the brightest American citizens, right? They're so esteemed, so educated. I mean, in, in Corrine Jean-Pierre's case, I think that, well, I know that she happens to have darker skin. She, she's black, I suppose. I guess that's a qualification now. Um, and then also, uh, is she gay? I think she's gay as well. So that's another qualification. But obviously, intelligence uh, and spelling and pronunciation you know, her job is the press secretary, after all. I mean, why should you be able to speak? Why should you have a good vocabulary? Why should you be able to answer questions at all, right? I mean, I actually, you know, I think that this is a good job for Fetterman. You know, I think that if uh, in some future administration, you know, let's say let's say the Pennsylvanians wise up or we clear up the voting irregularities and, and, and theft in Pennsylvania, if Fetterman finds himself without a job, I think that he's a prime candidate to serve as the stress secretary in a future administration. I don't know who would be worse, but there you have it, folks. The Nobel Prize, the Nobel Prize, Kareem Jean-Pierre for you, a genius, a real genius, the greatest stress secretary in the history of the world, as a matter of fact. All right, so back to what's going on with Venezuela. This, this is just unbelievable to me. So you heard Joe Biden during the midterms a few weeks ago, you know, we're not going to do this. We're not going to, you know, allow drilling or whatever. So now he's lifted sanctions on Venezuela and he's going to permit Chevron to drill there. Meanwhile, he's continuing to prohibit drilling in America. Look, this is, this exposes what a, a sham the Democratic Party is in so many ways. 
Not only is drilling in America being prohibited because of climate change, climate change, folks. Well, apparently, no problem if you drill in Venezuela. I mean, where are the Democrats? See, this is the thing. Democrats in general. Look, I, I have a couple Democrat friends left. I don't hate them. But I'm sorry. Where is the principle? You know, here's the thing. Even if you believe in the scam, the lie, the hoax that is man-made climate change. By the way, I just got to point this out again. If you believe in man-made climate change, let me tell you uh, what a flat earther you are. The, the, the climate cult, they're the, they're the modern day flat earthers, by the way. This is the reality. They have, uh, you know, climate surface temperature data from the 1880s. 1880s, right? And based on, you know, less than 200 years of surface temperature data out of 4.5 billion years of history, that's their definitive proof that man is responsible for climate change because of CO2, right? Which is a, a, a naturally existing. We breathe it out, right? We breathe it out. There's no difference between what we breathe out and what comes from any other source. CO2. Now they can't tell us exactly how much oxygen's needed for us to breathe. You know, but but oh, they've got the 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 recipe down. I would I'm waiting for them to share the recipe. What exactly? How much CO2 is too much? What what's the number we need to hit, you know? Anyway, Chevron is a California-based company, by the way. And so now they're going to be drilling uh, in Venezuela. <clears throat> and um, so, you know, Maduro is, a, is a, a violent dictator. He is, well, in addition to previous dictators there, uh, he has destroyed Venezuela, one of the most prosperous nations in that part of the world in modern history, not too long ago, just a, a little over a decade ago. And they have destroyed it with socialism. The very things that the Democratic Party admires. And that's the thing. The Democratic Party in America is the totalitarian party. They even, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Okay. So in Maduro, in in, in Venezuela, by the way, the left has claimed that Maduro has stolen elections there. That's right. You know, they, they said the word. You're not supposed to talk about stolen elections. That could never happen here. Never happen here. But in Venezuela, apparently, the Democratic Party is saying Maduro repeatedly steals elections. The Democrats actually admit that he's been rigging the 2020 election, the 2018 election. And you know how he did it? It's very interesting. Now, look, 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 look. For the... Uh, the left out there that may be listening, I'm talking about Venezuela's elections now, not the U.S. elections. I'm talking about Venezuelan elections, all right? This is how the Venezuelans, how Maduro steals elections. Well, he changed the electoral process and he stifles free speech. Uh, he barred you know, popular candidates from running. You know, it's like we've got to prevent Trump from running for re-election again. Gee, what kind of regime tries to prevent a popular candidate from running for election? Gosh, that's something like uh, Maduro and, and these, you know, fascists, these dictators do in Venezuela. So you know how Venezuela gets people to vote for Maduro too, right? They've got these things called fatherland cards, all right? And so you, you scan these state-issued cards, cards after voting in hopes of receiving benefits from Maduro, you know, like food and money. Basically... Because Venezuela is so poor 
and the people so desperate that Maduro's campaign issue every time is that if you don't vote for me, you will lose your welfare. The state will no longer take care of you. Now, America is on that very same trajectory. They are trying to destroy our economy and make us all dependent upon them. And you hear this every time, whether it's social security or welfare, you know, they they want these expansive welfare programs. They want everyone depending upon a paycheck from the government so that they can use that to enslave you. So, you know, Maduro used welfare to buy votes. Um, You know, they have something called vote tampering in, um, in Venezuela. And by the way, you know what else Maduro does? One of his favorite things is they do these last minute uh, location changes of polling places. So you're going to go vote at your polling place, right? And you're going to go vote against Maduro. And at the last minute, you get a text or a notification that, um, sorry, that polling place is no longer open. You got to go somewhere else knowing that you can't get there. Now, why does this sound familiar? Because in, um, in Arizona, in Maricopa County, what happened? What happened? 73 of the 233 some odd polling locations were out of commission. Gee, that sounds like something Maduro might do, doesn't it? Here come the voters to vote out the dictator, to vote for something different. And all of a sudden, oops, doesn't work. Go to another polling location. That's exactly what happened in Maricopa County. People showed up to vote. And they were told, oh, sorry, you're going to have to go somewhere else because we're having issues with our tabulator machines. In Venezuela, you get ready to go vote. Sorry, the polling place is no longer open. You've got to go to this other polling place. They suppressed the vote. And because I am a man among men, I'll just say it. The Democrats are trying to steal the election in Arizona. And that's why they always rush. You got to certify the results. We cannot look into any cheating. We can't look into anything, even though we've got hundreds of witnesses saying this happened and that happened. No, 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 no. You can't question the results unless you're a Democrat. Then you can question all day long. You can't question the results. We got to certify and then we'll find out what happened later. Unbelievable. So uh, Maduro, you know, for example, they, they, he controls TV, right? Gee, where's that familiar? Huh? In America, CNN, MSNBC. Oh, yeah, that's right. Same thing. So they pump out endless pro-Maduro propaganda. And, and the, the, my favorite thing that Maduro would do is, you know, he, he, he pumps out this message that if people don't vote for Maduro, they're going to lose government jobs, public housing, and food handouts. Bingo. Are you seeing the reverse engineering that's happening in this country? The Democrats are using tired old playbooks, right? None of this is progressive. It's been done in all kinds of countries all across the world. And they're reverse engineering, implementing, bringing in these strategies, these policies that dictatorships use, and they're applying them here in America. So let me give you, so this is from Vox, right? A left-wing news outlet in 2018. Despite a dysfunctional economy, widespread food and medicine shortages, and skyrocketing inflation on track to hit 13,000% this year, Maduro managed to secure close to 68% of the vote. on. Isn't that odd? Why would the Venezuelan people vote overwhelmingly for Maduro 
I mean, it's like the same question now in America, right? Like, why would the American people vote for Democrats who are responsible for destroying the economy? It's odd, isn't it? But here's the great thing. So in uh, Venezuela, they have established a, I think it's a five-person committee that oversees the voting in the country. This is exactly what the Democratic Party has tried to implement in America by federalizing elections. Now, neither of the voting rights legislation bills passed, but in both of those bills was this very thing, the establishment of a nonpartisan panel out of Washington, D.C. Today, President Biden met with three U.S. And uh, that was Kareem Jean-Pierre, by the way, again, making an appearance. Um, but, but anyway, the point is they want to establish the same kind of panel in America that's going to oversee the election laws in all 50 states. So, you know, here's something else they did. They, Maduro dropped the practice of marking voters' fingers with indelible ink after they cast their votes, which prevented citizens from voting more than once. He did this in the 2018 presidential election. Well, Democrats want unsolicited mail-in ballots sent to every address on voter rolls that are not updated, that are still old. They don't want signature verification. They don't want IDs. Give me a break. Give me a break. This is Arizona 2020, by the way. 2022. Unbelievable. All right. Let's move along here. So, look, the Democratic Party policy, it's a zero America policy. It's a a zero freedom policy. Uh, It's a zero patriotism policy. So Chris Murphy, Democrat, uh, he was on a show the other day, get cut five ready. This is the zero gun policy of the left. And look, this is the objective of the left. They want to ban guns, period. Take them out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. Um, Go ahead and play cut five. Uh, This is how nefarious the Democrats are and what they're up to. Cut five, go. They already have red flag laws in place and they did not prevent those mass shootings. I think it's important to know that the bill that we passed is being implemented as we speak, but it takes a little while for these big complicated laws to be put into place. These two states already had, they didn't need the incentive. Correct, correct. Now what we've, I think, learned in Colorado is that the county in which the shooting happened is a so-called Second Amendment sanctuary state. And I think the country is going to have to learn about what's going on in this country. Mm. The majority of counties in this country Mm. have declared that they are not going to enforce state and federal gun laws. They have decided that they are going to essentially refuse to implement laws that are on the books. Um, That is a growing problem in this country. And I think we're going to have to have a conversation about that in the United States Senate. Do we want to continue to supply funding to law enforcement in counties that refuse to implement state and federal gun laws? Red flag laws are wildly popular. Right, you're just temporarily taking guns you, away from people that. Do you want to withhold money for law enforcement? I, I think we have to have a conversation about whether we can continue to fund uh, law enforcement in states where they are refusing to implement these gun laws. I'll talk to my colleagues about what our approach should be to this problem. But 60 percent of counties in this country are refusing to implement the nation's gun laws. We've got to do something about that. 
So firstly, he's pretty much making all that up. I don't even know what he's talking about. I mean, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's pulling that out of his AWS. Oh, counties are sanctuary. You mean like sanctuaries for uh, for illegal aliens and so on and so forth? My God. And you know what? Even if that was true, it would actually be constitutional to say, go to hell with your uh, unconstitutional gun bans and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, he's full of crap. This is what Democrats do every time. Let me explain this. None of their policies ever solve anything because they're not aimed at solving it. We know that the worst crime rates in America are are in these Democrat-controlled states and cities, especially, that have the most restrictive gun laws in the country. Let, let, let me do it this way. This is what they did with COVID, right? Okay, so California has mass mandates. It has some of the most draconian COVID policies in America, as close as you can get to communist China. And when Texas illustrates or Florida illustrates that the masks obviously aren't working, the social distancing isn't working because Florida is a free state, they don't have any mandates, and they're outperforming California, what does California say? What does Gavin Newsom say? Well, you know, there's 5% of the people out there in California who just aren't obeying us. They aren't obeying. If everyone would just mask up, we would be doing fine. But it's, you know, it's that 5% of the population that's a bunch of conservative, patriotic, you know, scoundrels out there that aren't masking up that are causing all of these problems. Now, that's insane, but that's what they're doing. And that's what they're doing with the gun laws. They're saying, look, we need to, imp- we need to put this ban in place. We put these red flag laws in place. They're supposed to prevent this type of thing, and then they don't prevent it. And they say, well, you know, um, you know, people just aren't, aren't, aren't o- o- obeying it anymore. You know, we just haven't done enough. We just haven't done enough. They're always moving the goalpost. They're always lying to you, deceiving you. It is so sick. But there he is, the party of defund the police. They want to use the federal government and the power of the purse to punish states that do not do exactly what the Democratic Party demands. That is not constitutional. It's lawless. And that's why we need to punish these people. I'm serious. I'm serious. You know, we've got, we've got um, Mayorkas, right? So he sent out a memo. And Republicans are livid because, well, they're calling for his impeachment because he told ICE basically not to do their jobs. Now, Congress has the right and authority in this country to pass legislation. Mayorkas, his role is to oversee that that is implemented, that that is done. He doesn't have the power to change laws unilaterally. He doesn't have the authority to to tell ICE to do that which Congress has not changed. And so he sent a memo to ICE saying, hey, you know, you don't really need to follow the law here. You don't really need to deport any of these individuals. Remember, you know, these are hardworking people. Some of them have been here a while you know, yeah, they broke the law and that's the criteria for, for getting rid of them and deporting them. But come on, uh, I'm telling you, just think twice, use your own judgment, right? So if you don't want to deport them, don't deport them. If you want them to stay here, that's what he did. And he should be impeached for it. And you got Mike Quigley, who's a Democrat out of Illinois. I, 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 I mean, try not to lose your minds when you hear this clip. This, this is his response to Republicans calling for the impeachment. This is cut six, Captain. I, I, I mean, I want you to listen to what he says, and, and then I'll comment. I mean, your, your heads are going to explode. Just prepare yourselves, okay? All right, go ahead and play 
Cut six, go. He's attempting to appease them on an early stage. You know, we impeach for people, presidents who incite uh, violent insurrections and attempted coups. We impeach presidents um, who attempt to extort our allies like Ukraine. We don't impeach for policy disagreements. There's an oversight function which is altogether fitting and appropriate. And if you don't like what the secretary is doing, you can talk about that. Uh, and you can introduce legislation to address it. But jumping to impeachment, it goes beyond bullying. It, it's well beyond constitutional purviews. And uh, I think it is what we should have. I mean, I, I'm almost speechless. I'm almost speechless. We would never do something like this. These guys, these people, these reprobates invented, fabricated an entire scandal that was Trump-Russia collusion to try and oust a duly elected president of the United States. They lied about the quid pro quo phone call. And you had a pencil neck Schiff actually go and give his best, you know, uh, I, I don't know, Shakespearean actor, you know, rendition of what was in that phone call before, before the transcript was leaked. He went and lied about the content saying that, oh, yeah, it read like, you know, Trump was some kind of, uh, you know, mafioso, you know, leader, ring leader. I mean, they, they have been putting people here's the and here's the, the amazing thing, too. Pintle neck Schiff out there who was calling on everybody that was subpoenaed by his little committee in the Democratic Party, threatening them, saying, if you don't show up, we're going to recommend, you know, uh, uh, criminal charges to the Justice Department to be brought upon you. If you don't comply with our subpoenas, we're going to hold you in contempt. And this is what happened. Steve Bannon, I mean, Right now, we'll see what happens. He's appealed it. But, you know, he's supposed to spend three or four months in jail because he defied a congressional subpoena. And now you have these same Democrats with the audacity to say, you know, Adam Schiff is out there saying, well, if I get subpoenaed, you know, I'll have to I'll have to look closely and see if it's if I think it's justifiable. What? He was just saying, if you get subpoenaed and you don't show up, I'm going to try and stick you in prison. I'm going to tell the Justice Department to show you no mercy. And now that the tables have flipped, they can't tolerate it. You have this person. I mean, I, this is what I don't understand. You know, if you're a Democrat out there, if you have an ounce of principle, how can you sit there and defend these people? Oh, because the ends justifies the means, right? Republicans are so evil, you can do anything to them. Democrats, there are no rules that we have to follow because, you know, in this battle, you know, we don't have to play by the rules. Unbelievable, though. But talk about gaslighting. And this is why these people need to be punished. Need to be shown no mercy. And it's not because we're doing what they did. Because they fabricated crap. They made stuff up that wasn't even real. We're talking about real things. We're talking about real constitutional violations, which Mayorkas is guilty of, which these Democrats are guilty of. And so let's hope that's what ends up taking place. I mean, there's a big battle right now with McCarthy and the others. And, and let, me, let me just put it this way. The Democratic Party is holding America hostage. And the 
Rhinos are holding the Republican Party hostage. We have a double hostage crisis in America right now, and that's it. Democrats hold America hostage, and our only hope for salvation is the Republican Party, and they're being held hostage by the likes of Mitt Romney and other rhinos. And even Marjorie Taylor Greene and people that are, you know, more right-wing, if you will, you know, like me, um, they're saying that, well, we better confirm... We better confirm, um, what's his name? I just said his name. In the house. McCarthy, thank you. So, you know, that's how bad it is. Because what the, what the Republicans and Rhinos are saying is, if you don't approve McCarthy, we're going to actually nominate a Democrat. This is how insane our party is. And what is that? Does that give you a lot of hope? If the rhinos person is McCarthy or nobody, that doesn't give me a lot of hope. Look, I mean, McCarthy's come out. He said some things. He said he's open to, to investigating and things. And let's hope he is. Let's hope he is. But I mean, this is a, a very serious problem when our party does this. And I got to say, you know, I guess I'll comment on, on this, uh, you know, Kanye West. Would you like to hear what I have to say about Kanye West? I know you're dying to hear my opinion. Um, look, Donald Trump had a dinner with Kanye West. It was very casual. Remember, he lives at Mar-a-Lago. He just comes out of his room and he meets somebody for dinner. Okay? So he agreed to have this meeting with Kanye, allegedly to talk about business. And Kanye showed up with a true reprobate. It's true. It's true. I don't even remember his name right now because nobody knew his name until like yesterday. Nobody knows who this person is. But yes, he's an anti-Semite. He's, he's an idiot. He sounds like a lot of Democrats, to be honest. And so he was at this dinner as well. And so, you know, we're supposed to be just absolutely outraged, condemning Trump all day long, every day, because of this meeting with somebody he didn't even know. He'd never even met him before, didn't know anything about him. And yet you've got Biden, who is buddy-buddy with Xi, who won't condemn. You know, this is the thing. We got our side, right? We've got to condemn Donald Trump. He he had this dinner with this person, yada, yada, yada. Why, where are the calls for condemnation from Biden about Xi, about Maduro? about the Iranians, huh? Isn't that a little bit more important and significant right now? I'm not saying that the meeting, that the, the dinner wasn't stupid. That's fine. But why do we overreact on our side like this and try and kill our own? And then we just act like it's all good with the left. I, I can't understand this for the life of me. I really can't. And so anyway, and, and you know, Kanye West wants to run for president. Here, here's the lesson, by the way, for me. We Republicans buy this narrative from the left that we are so unpopular, our our ideas are so unpopular that we're losing the culture war, losing this war and that war, that we are so desperate when anyone comes along who isn't already a Republican or conservative, who says one thing that we agree with, whether it's Elon Musk with free speech or Kanye West in the past because he was Kanye Oh my gosh, a black rapper, a famous black rapper 
He's coming out against the Democratic Party. Oh my gosh. All right. Give him a free pass. Come on in. He's one of us. Let's not vet. This is my thing. We can't do this. We can't do this. I mean, it's okay to push, you know, Elon and to push Kanye and encourage them to continue to speak out, uh, to, to, to think clearly, to start to question their previous associations with the Democratic Party. But we're going to be disappointed if we do this every time. Kanye West is a lunatic. He's, a, he's always been unhinged. And we prop these people up like the left does. You know, you know I, I'll give you an example. When Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed and murdered, that Capitol Police officer who was reckless, who had a history of leaving his, you know, um, his firearm, loaded firearm in a bathroom one time, for example. I mean, they, they took him and put him on CNN and held him up as a hero. You know, I just, I, I guess we need to remain true to our principles and conservatives, values. You know, we can't be caught up in this, oh my gosh, finally. I mean, look, these I'm not into the, 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 the worship. This is what Democrats do. They worship their politicians, worship this person, that person. And we just need to be a little bit more careful with how all in we go on these individuals. We don't know who they are, what their views are. They express one thing that we agree with. It's beneficial. That's fine. But come on. How about a little bit better vetting process? I mean, people loved Kanye for so long and now they hate him. And this guy wants to be president, and he's got the temperament of a Democrat, by the way. I mean, you know, Tim, Tim, uh, Tim Cast IRL, whatever. Um, you know, he, he had him on his show. He invited, you know, the, the, the three representing the new axis of evil. Milo, Yabadopoulos, you know, the Flintstone, Milo. And then he had um, Captain, what, what the heck is the guy's name? Fuentes, what, what, what's 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 this nut job's name that had i just can't remember it for life me right now um but anyway you know he had this the axis of evil kanye yay milo and whatever it is name you know his name out there nick fuentes. What was it? nick fuentes nick fuentes that's right and you know kanye wants to blame all jews for everything that's happened to him this axis of jew and you know look we don't do this. And I see our side trying to come in and defend, you know, Kanye to some extent and whatnot. I mean, you can't do it. You can't do it. Kanye wants to run for president. And Tim lets him speak and say whatever he wants. But Tim refuses to say, he, he questions they, 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 you're talking about all Jews, all whatever. And he gets up and leaves the interview. This is what Democrats do, right? Remember when, when Joe Biden was on with Charlemagne the God? And Charlemagne, at the end of the interview, said, well, one, well, this is how the, the infamous comment came about. Charla, the, 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 the episode was coming to an end, and Charlemagne the God still had questions for Joe Biden. And he invited Joe Biden to come back on the program again. And Joe Biden's response was, like, basically, this was the subtext, and then what he actually said was, <clears throat> come back on this show again. I don't need to, I'm not coming on here to answer any more questions. If you... If you don't know whether to vote for me or Trump, you ain't black. Why should I come on here again? That's all you need to know. Get on your get on the plantation, baby. Don't you know what's going on? Your black skin makes you born into the Democratic Party. We own you. That's what he was saying. But it's the same thing with Kanye. Can't take questions. I mean, 
That's a mental illness altogether. Um, you know, speaking of mental illness here, actually, I want to say this first, because the only thing that brings me greater joy than calling out the left is calling out rhinos. Mike Pence is a scumbag. I said it. I know he doesn't have any fans out there, so nobody's going to be upset with me, right? That's the beauty of Mike Pence. This guy is so delusional. This guy thinks somebody wants him to be president of the United States. What? A, give me a break. So let me just remind you, you've got Iranians being murdered by the Ayatollah uh, for protesting for freedom. You've got what's going on in China right now with Xi, people literally burning alive in a building because of, of Xi. You've got Venezuelan poverty. But Mike Pence, Mike Pence, he had this to say. President Trump was wrong to give a white nationalist, an anti-Semite, and Holocaust denier a seat at the table. And I think he should apologize for it. And he should denounce those individuals and their hateful rhetoric without qualification. Here's Mitt Romney. You know, I think it's disgusting to invite people like that to meet with a former president of the United States. I think there's, it's been clear that there's no bottom to the degree to which President Trump will degrade himself in the nation. These people are so, there's no patriotism here, by the way. These are self-interested, selfish, horrible people. So Mike Pence wants to run for president. And he doesn't have any condemnation for the Biden administration. And you know why? Because he's too busy going on CNN and MSNBC. That's his only platform. Nobody on the right actually likes Mike Pence. So Mike Pence has to go and grovel at the feet of, you know, the likes of uh, Andrea Mitchell and these people. Because the the only narrative they get, I'm drinking a little water, I'm sorry. The only narrative that gets him any TV time on the left is if you hate Trump. And that's what he's doing. So Mike Pence, scumbag. Mitt Romney, worse than a scumbag. Won't say anything about this regime and what's going on in America, but, you know, it's open season on Trump all the time. And, uh, you know, the, the, the China story wasn't even on the front page of CNN. I checked yesterday. Not a word. You know, there was a, there was a story they featured on how antioxidants from fruits and vegetables can slow the rate of memory loss. Somehow they made that recommendation without also recommending it to Joe Biden. And then the other story was Mike Pence says Trump was wrong to have dinner with Holocaust denier. That's it. That's it. And this is why we have a problem in America. Democrats don't know anything that I've just said for the last, you know, 58 minutes or so. They've never heard it because they don't read it. Their media doesn't talk about it. They are deprived of the truth. Living in ignorance. It's incredible. Incredible. Uh, let's end on a happy note here. Cut nine. Uh, the, the captain of the U.S. soccer team was asked by the um, uh, murdering, and I'm not going to say Iranians because that's how they want him to say it. From They're the Iranians. We're talking about the Iranians, all right? So the Iranians were asking uh, this soccer player this. Go ahead and play um, cut nine. Go. You say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, 
Are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures, is that in the U.S. we're, we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. I grew up in a, in a white family with an obviously an African-American heritage and background as well. So um, I had a little bit of uh, different cultures and I, I was very, very easily able to assimilate in different different cultures. So, um, you know, not everyone has that that ease and uh, the ability to do that. And obviously it takes longer to understand. And through education, I think it's it's super important. Like you just educated me now on the pronunciation of, of your country. So, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a process. I think as, as long as you see progress, uh, that's the most important thing. Now, that's a class act, I just want to say. <clears throat> that was Tyler Adams. He's the, uh, the captain of the U.S. team. And um, it was a classy response. And, uh, I mean, here's a guy who, who has black skin. He was raised by white parents. And, uh, you know, I'm sick and tired of this, of these other dictatorships, these uh, Nazi-like regimes who commit genocide against their people, condemning America. And the Democrats play into that, by the way. They apologize for America. They give the world these talking points against us. And we are not this way. The Democrat Party is racist, but the American people, by and large, are not. Let's remember, the Republicans and the Union gave their lives to end slavery. And it was Democrats who implemented Jim Crow after the slave was freed. It was Democrats who replaced Jim Crow with a welfare state, which is a modern form of slavery. And so I won't be lectured by the left about slavery, about racism in this country because they own that issue. And Democrats should be walking with their heads held down in shame, not us, not our side. All right. And we've got to just stick to principle here. But I'm not here to lecture you. Gosh, as usual, Captain, you know, I got, you know, 30 more things to get to, but so it goes, right? All right. Well, God bless you all. It's been a pleasure being with you again. And until next time.